This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Matt, Blimp City Bike and Hike is very close to your heart. Near and dear, Tim. It's uh, my family's uh, bicycle shop. It's a full-service, family-owned shop in Akron, Ohio, where I'm from, uh, located right on the Towpath Trail um, near the Cauga Valley National Park, which is an incredible uh, public asset. Beautiful and huge, too. You can go on the Towpath Trail like all the way down there. It's like, how long is the Towpath Trail? It's like, gosh, um, over 100, 100 miles? miles? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands. Kona, Felt, Bianchi. I think that's, I said that right in Italian. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as well as specialty bikes uh, like Elliptigo stand-up bikes, electric bikes, scooters, folding bikes, and recumbent bikes. I have not gotten, I know I talked about on the ad read before that I was going to get an electric bike. I have yeah. not done that yet. But we do have a burly um Burley B, which is the little like toe behind uh, baby carrier, love it. It's great. Yeah, electric bikes are blown up right now. It's 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 the future, Tim. I I'm mean, seeing them everywhere. Yeah, it's it's great because you have pedal assist, so you still can pedal your bike. It's just you can add a little boost behind you for hills or when you when you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, the shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. Uh, uh, Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. I can vouch for them. I know those folks pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're not great during Thanksgiving. Don't bring up family event, you know, like (laughs) politics and religion at the family dinners. Different beasts altogether. Yeah, but customer service is great. (laughs) Uh, They also have uh, comprehensive repair services, I know, which is great for any time you get your – because I like bikes, but I don't don't want to – I'm not a grease monkey. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They can Uh, help you out with tune-ups or or more serious projects as well. Yeah. Uh, Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com to learn more and mention this ad in-store to receive 20% off – any accessory purchase, make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. You're now listening to the Better Off Dad podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to episode 20. Two zero, 20 episodes. Is that incredible? No longer tangent. No, yeah, we're, we're into the, the prime of our lives. Uh, episode 20 of the Better Off Dad podcast. Uh, this is Tim. And I'm Matt. And we have a barn burner of a show in store for you this week. Um, all kinds of good stuff. We're talking about, there's been, uh, would you say, a steady stream of shitty news going on right now? Yeah, that we have to discuss? shitstorm indeed. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about staying positive and being good parents uh, throughout that. We're going to cover some um, headlines. Like I said, mostly bad news there, unfortunately, as well. And uh, talk if a little bit about our kids. If there wasn't bad news, there'd be no news at all. Yeah, Tim. exactly, exactly, 100%. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram and watch Matt uh, haphazardly roll his child down a hill towards certain death. <laughs> uh, that's Better Off Dad Pod uh, for Instagram. And email us your predictions on which member of the Rolling Stones will be photographed by the James Webb Space Telescope as it glimpses 14 billion years into our past to <laughs> betteroffdadpod at gmail.com. Did you see any of those pictures from that new telescope? Pretty thing? cool. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Matt, we've been seeing a fair amount of each other recently, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Tim, for the record, um, the very next hill roll um, I gave Charlie uh, after the one that was in the video, <laughs> he said, give me a real push this time, Dad. <laughs> so I did, and let's just say it's probably for the best. I didn't record that did, one. Did he end up on his side? Or, uh... Uh, he was a little tip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, t- little tipsy. The, uh, the, the laughter turned to, to shriek a little yeah, bit. Okay, well, that's he fine. Was, he was fine. We all have those videos that we think we're going to get something cute, and we get something terrifying oh, instead. Yeah. yeah. You gotta you gotta um, roll the dice a little bit on, you know, <laughs> um, make them into a thrill seeker, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, uh, greetings, uh, loyal pod listeners. Episode twenty. Uh, it's the second Tuesday of July, and I've seen Tim 
uh, no less than five times in the last two weeks. I'm sorry. Uh, play dates to the zoo in Memphis Kitty Park. That was a disaster. <laughs> it was still fun. Yeah. A 4th July cookout with mutual friends, a video shoot I'll talk about later, and now this recording session as we imbibe in uh, Paradise IPA from Masthead Brewery here in Cleveland. It's very good. little grapefruit in there. It's very yeah. good. It's very pleasant. Yeah, the name is maybe a, a little bit of an overstatement. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd say Cloud Nine, but <laughs> it's—I mean, it's—it's it's pretty decent. It's a solid uh, grapefruit IPA. It's a nice put and bay getaway. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, as far as our hangouts, that they have been extensive lately, and in fact, it's, it's reached a point where some random lady uh, the other day asked us if our daughters are twins, mm-hmm. and I can assure you they are not related. Well, we haven't taken paternity tests. This so we is don't, true. We don't really know. <laughs> Um, I tell you, I'm kind of uh, sick of this guy, but uh, such an admission this early in the podcast would make for a pretty awkward recording session. So I'll just say that I usually appreciate your company, Tim. I appreciate you saying that, yeah. <laughs> and Tim, um, I thought your uh, premonitions about Jill flying the coop had come true, but it turns out she was just on a harmless work trip recently. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yeah, I didn't. I, I did not uh, have a premonition about her divorce, fortunately. Uh, <laughs> she did come back home. I was just wrapping up uh, uh, last week. Was it last week? It was last week i don't remember I think now so. yeah uh a week of solo parenting uh, uh jill was in new york uh for work so you'll have to excuse uh, a little bit of darkness is going to uh, color all of my commentary on on child rearing and and support this week you're gonna get a little life is meaningless total apathy for existence can someone please kill me now kind of color hello all my darkness comments. my <laughs> yeah friends. exactly uh-huh. <laughs> the scene from old school or whatever when will ferrell is jumping into the pool that's that's basically that was me perfect uh I'm exaggerating just a little bit, not not too much, but a little bit there. Uh, but it was certainly a good reminder of how much your spouse uh, can add to the parenting mix and the Herculean task of caring for your children and a cat who's currently sitting in my lap all by yourself. <laughs> it's a lap cat for sure. Yeah, um, I feel for you, Tim, and our appreciation for single parents is definitely real. Uh, back in 2019, there was a two-week period when Elise went to Asia to visit her sister. Wow, um, who was um, abroad for a year. And uh, I recall being on the verge of pulling my hair out, <laughs> and this was during Charlie's daycare day, so I was um, only parenting in the morning and the evening at that time. Um, now, from an outsider perspective, Tim, it seemed like you handled your solo parenting adventure well, and maybe even had next level bonding with Mara. Mm. But should I trust your alcohol consumption spiked, uh, bad pun, uh, last week? <laughs> Uh, I was just drunk the entire time. I don't remember anything. <laughs> so same level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah typical, I would say. Um, yeah, you don't inquire about my self-medicating coping mechanisms, okay? <laughs> um, I will say this. There are long days, and it makes it easy to make bargains to treat yourself uh, along the way to survival through them. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, speaking of survival, since the last episode, we, a lot had happened. We took a little bit of a hiatus there. Yeah, uh, we got as our, we typically do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's too bad we have to come back and drink together. Um <laughs> Uh, we did get our first round of COVID vaccines in uh, nice. both of us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. very exciting. Um, which was a little over- underwhelming, I would say. It was sort of like when someone comes to you now and is like, oh, man, I just finished Breaking Bad. And you're like, oh, what an, ec- what an ending, like a decade ago. That's so cool. <laughs> but anticlimactic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, t- in terms of the vaccine, Mara had a slight reaction. Bit of a fever, some mild cold symptoms, but all in all, uh, not really bad at all. Lasted just a couple of hours. And I think you said you were symptom-free. Is that right? Yeah, my kids were indeed symptom-free following their first dose of the vaccine. Um, and for what it's worth, Tim, as is typically the case, with me, I was several <laughs> years late with jumping on the Breaking Bad bandwagon, <laughs> sort of like how Walter White's brother-in-law, Hank, was oblivious to his life of crime for the longest time. I like that you're still making Hank references. That really <laughs> brings it home. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, you know, g- glad that uh, um, we were symptom free and, and looking forward to dose two here in just a couple weeks. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to you about, uh, you know, Stranger Things four and a half years from now. I think uh, that'll, be a, that'll be a good conversation. I should be ready by then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in child updates over here, um, Mara got to attend a lovely wedding of my brother and his now wife, Alicia. That was uh, it was super special to see her out on the dance floor, bopping around to the music. Uh, my all-star wife, Jill, kept her in line during the ceremony. Very little crying. Uh, but I do believe that she ate an entire school of goldfish crackers, just <laughs> steadily making her way into the mouth the entire ceremony. It was pretty pretty legit. Congrats to these newlyweds. I hope marital life serves you well. Um, you know, Tim, they always say there's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> um, and in the case of goldfish crackers, that's certainly true. Um, a little bit of trivia for you. Did you know Pepperidge Farms cooks up 142 billion of these little fish crackers each year. Mm. And one more tidbit. Did you know the original goldfish from the 60s was faceless? And it wasn't until our childhood in the mid-90s that they added the trademark smile. Kind of seems like a forced smile with the way the world's going these days. Did you look these up or did you know these offhand? The the second one I knew um, in the process... The smile thing? Yeah. Wow, that's a, that is a good fact. Yeah, yeah. I, but then in the process, I'm like, well, I guess I should see how... You know, prevalent these crackers are, and I wonder how many um, goldfish. Cra- it's got to be trillions of goldfish crackers have been cooked. Yeah, I, I would love to know. 142 billion each year. What is that? You know, I'm not a ma- math major, but how many per person would that equate to? Uh, well, I think that's just. Well, that might be a global number. Actually, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of fish. Yeah, I eat my I eat my weight in them. Often, when well, Mara's not Larry having Mara's them, so. doing her job, job yeah. as well. <laughs> um, we also made our first visit to the Cleveland Fire Museum um, the week that uh, Jill was out of town. Uh, and if you're local, I'd, I would uh, definitely call it worth a visit uh, if yeah. you're downtown. It's got a great location. It's right uh, catty corner from Progressive Field down there at the base of the Carnegie Bridge where our Cleveland Guardians tower above. Uh, and both the actual statues and the baseball team. Um, and they got a bunch of old firefighting relics in there. Dad thought that was pretty cool. They got like an old ladder from like the 1800s and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they have a little kitty corner that Mara really enjoyed. Uh, they do spell the corner with a K. I'm not sure if you're pro that or anti that. Uh, so, you know, either way you the go there. The me does not, yeah, does not like that. I figured so. Uh, but we had a good time. Uh, they gave Mara a little uh, fire helmet, which was really cool, which she has upstairs right now. Oh, nice. And Souvenir. Yeah, they had several little toy fire trucks and puzzles that they like to play with. And it was a good way to kill like 30 or 45 minutes downtown and you know, we we paired it with the um, paired it with a visit on another little ride on the uh, the 55 downtown. Nice. The, our, the, our little bus line that's right by our house and and went down and had a nice uh, a nice little uh, day. So it was it was good. It was fun. Nice downtown adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like that place was lit. Tim? Wow, you're really leaning into these puns today. Well, were, you? were you fuming uh, <laughs> when you noticed uh, their intentional misspelling? On fire, yes. Or did you have a burning desire to take <laughs> yeah. Mara back there as soon as, again <laughs> yeah. as soon as possible? Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, the Cleveland Fire Museum is yet another underrated attraction of the Forest City. And thank you for reminding me that it still exists and hasn't been extinguished from our cities <laughs> yeah. downtown. Sorry, I'm done now. I take it you've been there. We went once. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. And I, my best best recollection is um, there was a dress up here where, where Charlie Charlie actually got dressed up in full 
little kid fire gear oh, yeah. that was, you know, actual weight of firefighter gear. Yeah, and they have like a little like locker that you yeah, can go into yeah. and do that. It they, was fun. He could barely, he was laughing the whole time because he could barely walk, you know, <laughs> with that stuff strapped to him. But, That's awesome. They, yeah. they did, we didn't go, but they said that weekend that we were going, they had like their like example day or some kind of thing. They have that big plaza out there, which is gross, by the way. It's just like a big like brick plaza in the, yeah. like in the sun, sun scorched earth. Yeah. yeah. But they, I guess they pulled up a bunch of like current um, fire trucks and other kinds of like, um, you know, fire cars and all that different kind of stuff, different equipment that the departments use around town, and they just pull them onto the plaza, and then kids can, similar to the Meet the Truck Day at Lakewood Park, yeah. you can just, like, hang out with them. Uh, so we might try to, like, tune in to uh, the next time that happens and swing down there. Yeah. I think Mara would love it. That'd be fun. Um, and uh, one other tidbit for me, the absolute worst news of all. This is a terrible story. <laughs> We had the worst parenting outcome you could possibly imagine Uh-oh. on Mara's real, uh, first real kind of beach trip down to Edgewater Beach here in Cleveland. We went in the afternoon this past weekend. We figured perfect weather, warm sun, but cool overall. Grab some blankets, a cooler Mara swimsuit, and we'll just hang out in the beach for an hour or two. Well, it was a total disaster <laughs> because Mara absolutely loved it, and we are not beach people. So I don't know what we're supposed to do now. Are we supposed to become them? The sand, it's hot, ugh, drowning. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but she had an amazing time. She kept running into the water by herself. We had to, like, grab her and stop her from going in. She's squealing with joy. Um, we had to quite literally drag her off the beach. Uh, so we're going to have plenty of trips down to Edgewater Beach here uh, for sure. And pro tip from my wife, I was going to re- uh, relegate us to a spot on the beach far away from the water that offered a little bit of shade in one of those big trees that they have down there. But uh, we ended up sliding closer, and it allowed us to both share water time without leaving our beach spot totally subjected to the whims of the strangers around us. So we had a good time. We had a good time. You know, that, that's one of our, our favorite, absolute favorite places uh, for the kids. And you sound like you belong so, in some landlocked city, <laughs> yeah, too. I, I grew up in one, okay? We, <laughs> what, the Tuscaroras River doesn't count, okay? <laughs> yeah, no one goes swimming there. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and not on the beautiful North Coast. Um, and as much as I value Jill's opinion, I will always take shade in the possibility of your beach toys being used by other kids uh, over sweating it out in full sun by the water's edge. Mm. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, my kids love Edgewater Beach. I'm thrilled to hear that Mara had such a positive experience there. Uh, I look forward to a future play date uh, with our beach-going children and the subsequent sand we find in every crevice of our home um, for weeks afterwards. It just gets everywhere, and her, she had one of those little little swimmers, like swim diapers oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the thing just, it's a pool in there. It's just like holds water. You almost like you have to strip them down outside because yeah. you take off a diaper and just sand spills yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Or even a sw- yeah, even a swim diaper. Also, we went into like the they, the Edgewater Beach House that's down there has two family restrooms, which is actually really nice because yeah. you don't typically see two of those in a place. Um and both of us went into one to help change her and get her ready to go. And people are just like, they've got the little locks on them. It's, it's like a porta potty. It says occupied or unoccupied, right? When you hit the lock, people are just pounding on the door the entire time. <laughs> and I'm like, can you read? Also, like, it's a family restroom. Like, anybody, like, and the next two people who came in after us were just like a couple. I'm oh, like, they, uh oh. Like, what's what going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what's going on here, kids? Like, can we turn the lights down before we leave or something? Like, uh,. So, uh, no, I don't know what was going on there, but uh, it, but it was great. The, the resources down there, obviously, it's a great, like, natural resource. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. The The water was cool and refreshing and, and clean and everything was great. Uh, but that Edgewater Beach House that they put down there, that's that's just great. And then you've got Edgewater Park there with the play space up on the on the upper end of that park and everything. It's, it's just, it's a great place. Yeah, if, if you're not from Cleveland, next time you're in town, you know, please do visit Edgewater Park, and you'll see that it's, it's a... Yeah, I don't want to say world-class beach, but a, a very nice beach that yeah. you, you wouldn't expect to find in you know an industrial Great Lake City. No, it's a gem. It's a 100% a gem. 
Um, a few up kid updates on my end, Tim. Um, in my attempt to steer Charlie away from YouTube videos about unboxing dinosaur figures. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to um, do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've gotten my kids into watching Rugrats. Oh. Uh, it's super nostalgic for me. Lucy seems to have a crush on Tommy Pickles. And Charlie has demonstrated a disturbing desire to emulate Angelica's bullying tendencies. <laughs> uh, but all in all, it's been great for them to discover a show that um, all three of us can enjoy together. When you sent these notes over the show, I like I sort of melted. Rugrats and um, Doug in my mind, you know, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, same era, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have a lot of good memories from that show. Although Reptar, how is Reptar doing from Rugrats? You know what? Charlie thinks Reptar is the bomb, and <laughs> he's now on his short list for Halloween options. I actually, I think. Uh, I I feel like like Reptar was like the adult humor in that show because they like make him they it's like the capitalist like he's everywhere yeah, he's yeah. like Reptar on ice oh, like yeah. Reptar cereal it's like it's everywhere and I feel like it was like a little like this is funny right kind of a thing for the adults having for to watch sure. the show too and yeah. there's so much adult humor and you know watching it now I'm picking up on, obviously picking on things that mm-hmm. I didn't get back in the day and I there's hope a lot of references getting... to the JFK assassination no I'm just kidding that's, <laughs> that's, that's those, those went over my head too. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, sticking with the 90s screen time, I recently uh, let Charlie watch the original, and I guess Reptar, too, watch the original Jurassic Park with me in its entirety. Oh, what a horrible parent. (laughs) Now, Tim, before you go calling me a horrible parent for subjecting my four-and-a-half-year-old to a PG-13 movie, this was a one-time deal to have a budding dinosaur lover experience an iconic and pioneering movie from my childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we made it into a father-son bonding experience. I had the remote at the ready to fast-forward through any parts it couldn't handle. But Charlie handled the entire movie like a champ, and there have been no subsequent nightmares to speak of. And, of course, now he wants to watch every part of the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World series. Uh, well, he doesn't really need to do that, does he? <laughs> we'll probably save those for later. I, I haven't seen most of them, to be honest. I saw the the first one that had Chris Pratt. Okay. When he's like doing the eleven Stranger Things. Oh, you don't yeah. get that reference. Uh, <laughs> to the not yet. Not, not for years, Tim. <laughs> um, I am a Stranger Things. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, he, uh, no, I uh, I was trying to think through that movie, and I feel like there are some scary moments, but it's not too super gruesome. There's a couple moments where I mean, I guess the lawyer gets bitten in half. Spoiler yeah. alert. Charlie thought it was hilarious when the was the one guy. I think it is the lawyer. Um, is on the in the Portageon. Oh, in the Portageon, yeah, 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 yeah. Charlie thought that was the funniest it's thing. A, oh, well, that's that says a lot about Charlie, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> or about uh, the Jurassic. Park. Was, yeah. is, is that Spielberg? Or, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about, Spiel, about Spielberg's uh-huh. uh, level of uh, humor. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Lawyers in general, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I, uh, my my Jurassic Park story. That's a seminal film experience for me in in my youth. And yeah, uh, I, my brother and I were so excited when we went. We were running into the theater down the dark hallway to get into the the, the theater with our branded dino egg candies. <laughs> I did not notice a trash can in front of me, and I just ran right into one of those tall trash cans at the movie theaters. Oh man! Uh, and that's a, that's a big story from uh, my youth. That's a very embarrassing. So it sounds <laughs> like Charlie's experience was a lot safer than mine. So that's credit to you as a dad. Well, well, thank you. And you know, the, the more I learn about you, Tim, the more I become convinced <laughs> that you are legit injury prone. From, uh, do you by chance have a good life insurance policy? Yet? <laughs> hey, problem. Not as a stay-at-home. <laughs> Wish dad. I uh, was an <laughs> insurance broker. Yeah. But uh, another news: uh, my family took uh, an adventure to Buffalo last weekend. Uh, <laughs> the way you said that was like in Wayne's World, and we're like, <laughs> we're in Delaware. Do you get that reference at least? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. That one. That one. Um, well, and to, to some people, Buffalo is pretty random and obscure yeah, yeah. you know i but, i tried to get jill um, to take us to buffalo and to rochester but she she 
took drugged us to Nashville instead. <laughs> I've heard good things about Rochester, but yeah, uh, it's so, got a great children's museum too. That'd apparently. be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the the children's museum in Buffalo. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. But why Buffalo? You ask? Uh, because we enjoy Rust Belt cities, and my kids currently can barely handle a drive exceeding three hours. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who haven't been, Buffalo is an, indeed a hidden gem. It's a miniature Cleveland of sorts, and I highly recommend a visit. A few highlights to share. Uh, Charlie would call some of the impressive architecture we saw prehistoric, <laughs> and we decided not to correct him. So now all of us are calling uh, architecture prehistoric. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, both kids were intrigued by a locally famous art installation um, down in Buffalo's Canal Side uh, district called Shark Girl, okay. which you know appears pretty much as it sounds. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, you know, something that's going to have Lucy nightmares. Um, and Lucy <laughs> keeps telling us that it's not a real shark and it's not a real girl, which <laughs> accurate on both counts. That's awesome. Um, and <laughs> then finally, for Lucy, uh, during a stop at an extraordinarily long stoplight in downtown Buffalo, um, Lucy managed to engage in conversation with prison inmates. If we stopped the podcast right here, we'd have to report you to some sort of like uh, an official of some kind, right? I can't make this stuff up, too. <laughs> so um, some, there were some female voices um, from within a, a dark first floor window. They started yelling out the window about how cute Lucy was, and she flashed several smiles in response, which drew continued enthusiasm from these voices. We came to discover that the building we were standing in front of was the city jail, and presumably Lucy was interacting with inmates in a holding cell. I could have been gone. Guards. You don't know, you know? The, the way they were sounding, it didn't sound like guards. Um, they, they were female inmates. They were enthusiastic. They, they acted like they hadn't seen a, a a baby in a long time, perhaps. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, how close is this holding cell to the road, man? What is going on in Buffalo with this prehistoric architecture? You know, it, it was right at street level. Not sure how prehistoric this build, particular building was. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, having a pretty short rap sheet myself, I'm no jail expert, but uh-huh. I imagine... Um, this was the area where people get booked or perhaps the drunk tank where you sober up, um, but not the permanent holding cells. Those are probably deeper in the building somewhere. It sounds like maybe you're a little um, bit more familiar than you're letting on there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, Tim. <laughs> I don't believe I had to submit a, a resume and a background check for this uh, position. <laughs> no, no, you definitely did not. Um, finally, one more tidbit. Uh, Lucy's favorite phrase of the moment is, too loud. Um <laughs> She started off, and I, I should get a recording of her to put on yeah, this. Um, I'll see if I can. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, she started off saying this in response to truly obnoxious sounds like <laughs> just a play passing the podcast for her. I think that would probably get. I would probably listen to too constantly, loud. Constantly, yeah. <laughs> um, but it started with you know things like passing motorcycles. Uh, it's since mm-hmm. evolved into her saying this in response to almost any noise. Uh, the other morning, Lucy was lying in her crib, ha- having just awoken, and um, hearing one of the most glorious sounds on the planet. Um, that of a morning rainfall, which is rare these days, um, mm-hmm. against um, a home's awnings, uh, when she blurted out from her crib, too loud, <laughs> at a decibel level much louder than the peaceful raindrops <laughs> produced. Uh, it's a phrase that's equal parts hilarious and hilarious and ironic, um, since she usually screams too loud with much more volume than any of the sounds she's responding to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's amazing. I love that you're raising your crotchety old man. I kind of figured it always would be Charlie, but you know it, it works out how it works out. And I would say that. Um, you know, the fact that she's yelling at that, I mean, that, that's pretty great. Mara yells at cars now, which is my, like, shining yeah. thing to slow down and just to be, just being yeah. cars, I think. That's so just being a good citizen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I think, I mean, you're raising a good, you're raising a good narc against loud music and everything else. So that's, that's something to be proud of. Yeah, and it, it wasn't Charlie, but I will say that he's the source for approximately 85% of Lucy's <laughs> too loud declarations. But as for the crotchety old man, that can only be me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, headlines. Uh, we want to take a moment to recognize the horrific shooting that took place on the 4th of July in Highland in the Highland Park community of Illinois. Uh, seven people were killed and 46 injured, uh, either by gunfire or the ensuing chaos after a gunman opened fire on Independence Day Parade. Uh, after fleeing the scene and evading capture for around eight hours, the 21-year-old alleged gunman uh, was apprehended by authorities. Uh, you know... I, there's been a lot of reporting on this. You don't need our uh, genius podcast to um, go into the specifics on any of this stuff. But I and I wish I had something constructive to say at Likewise. this point. Uh, but it just sucks. And I um, we I think both feel this cathartic need to talk about it. Not the least of which because uh, two parents that are essentially doppelgangers to our own family situations right now, right, yeah. uh, were shot dead at this parade, and their young child was found later just wandering around by himself um or the fact that a 21 year old kid known to the police with a history of suicide threats and who had weapons removed from his home can somehow still obtain a gun uh in this country uh but that's where we are and i do think um we feel like it's important to continue to talk about how batshit crazy that stuff is and how we are choosing to do this in this country when it comes to access to deadly weapons and the effect that that's having uh, on us as society and especially as, as children or on our children um, can we just not give them access to third round clips, clips of ammunition like can we agree on this like there's yeah. gotta be some place that we can start here you yeah. know I mean we're like a broken record Tim and I'm, I'm gonna get tongue tied talking about through this stuff but yeah when are we when are we gonna say enough is enough when are we gonna draw a line you know um, as Tim and I were just talking about uh, in, in between segments when he reminded me that if we get through the headlines I get to have um, a midway through <laughs> through beverage and that's still on the table that's, uh, that's yeah. the yeah. motivation yeah. I need yeah. right now because this is tough stuff but um, you know Tim and I like like many people in America were at a 4th of July parade when you know when this happened yeah. and hits close to home and um, you know it, it's crazy that the the imagery you saw of this this little this little kid who's the same age as Lucy and Mara mm-hmm. walking around not knowing what's going on who's, who's now an orphan it's it's heartbreaking and um, you know obviously nothing um, can uh, make up for what happened or, or, or bring the, the child's parents back you know mm-hmm. it, 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 it's been a, a little bit reassuring to, to hear in the the aftermath of this that um, this this little kid has a, a strong fa- family network, and that um, a uh, a very large amount of money has been been raised through you know GoFundMe efforts uh, for the kid. But right. um, the whole situation is is just gut wrenching. And you know, um, Tim, being from um, hailing from Akron, um, you know, it wasn't um, right around the exact same time. In fact, um, it got overshadowed by Highland Park. But when um, Jalen Walker um, a, uh, an, an Akron, uh, 25-year-old Akron resident, was um, gunned down and shot 60-plus um, times yeah. um, by Akron police. And, and, you know, there's there's a lot of nuance to the situation, and, you know, I don't want to get over, over the political about this, but um, no matter how you slice it, Tim, it's, it's, a, it's a tragedy, and there was ex- excessive use of force, and... Um, you know, it's just it's just tragedy piled upon tragedy yeah. these days. Um, and, you know, I know it's been said before, but, you know, you kind of had the comparison um, of um, the, the Jalen Walker situation and um, the Highland Park situation. Yeah, I mean, you look, you don't want to uh, – it's great that they caught the guy. I think it seems like uh, after significant mis- missteps with the fact that this kid was able to obtain a gun in the first place right. and wasn't – they didn't hit red flags logs, red flag laws preventing him from obtaining a gun. Thank God they captured him and they tracked him down. And you know, kudos to them for doing that. But 
you look at these situations and it's impossible not to look at the fact that a guy who uh, guns down seven people uh, at a 4th of July parade is apprehended without incident and taken into custody. And a guy that, you know, is leads police on a pursuit and sketchy details about whether a gun was fired or not and whether and he's definitely not armed when it happens and he's shot more than 60 times um it's a pretty stark contrast yeah it's difficult to it's difficult to to swallow that and um you you know look you don't want to it's just it's it's tough it's tough to to face those kind of facts and to to look at that kind of situation in the face and to uh, to swallow it, right, yeah. and to deal with it—that that's the way that uh, we've decided to organize our our lives, our organize as a society. And that, uh, and I, I don't know. I we don't offer we offer no helpful input on it, <laughs> but no. we do offer um, you know the same frustration that I think a lot of folks out there are feeling, and solidarity, uh, I guess, solidarity, and uh, and a feeling that. This is not okay. It's not normal, and no. um, you know, hopefully, we can see some kind of change in in our lifetimes and and be a part of that. You know, yeah, Tim. We're um, we're Charlie's starting school in a, just over a month here, um, and so we're on the Lakewood City Schools, you know, mass email list, and mm-hmm. we just got emailed the other day about um, the the school districts um, in light of events this spring and summer, some of the the changes they're making. Um, to ensure that students stay safe. and Are they boarding up all the doors and just making one point of entrance and exit <laughs> into the building? Because I heard that's going to solve all the problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I don't think so. I, I actually, I don't want to get into the specifics because um, it, it was a really link, lengthy month. Yeah. I, I haven't read it closely enough yet. And I, you know, I do think one of it is they decided not to remove the ban on um, anybody bringing a weapon to this, into the school. So that's... You know, in my mind, positive that they're not looking for the teach arming the teachers. Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 But, anyways, my my larger point is simply that, you know, where are we as a society where you're getting emails over the summer about updates to our policy about school school shooting protocol and safe safety and you know it's necessary, but it's also just so telling that that's where we're at. I would usually like to spend my summers like going to Target and stocking yeah. up on pencils yeah, and yeah. you know looking at cool book bags. Right, right, and, right. And uh, I saw a lot of people talking about how, or one one <laughs> one guy talking about how uh, the st- uh, pictures on that new James Webb telescope look like your trapper keepers from the <laughs> 90s. That's the kind of conversations yeah. I would like to have. Not is my kid going to get shot when they go to school? Well, obviously we didn't have you know email in the early early to mid 90s, Tim. But if if had we, had I was we on had, the DARPA. Yeah. I was on the Darpen. <laughs> yeah. Had Tim's AOL account already been active, yeah. then that's probably the emails we were received. You know, yeah. happy summer. Here's yeah. a disc- yeah. here's yeah. a discount. Your best school code. at, yeah. at uh, yeah. Kmart or I don't know yeah. wherever the hell people to oh, shop. Oh yeah, blue light uh, blue light special. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh-huh. Sure, uh-huh. different world. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, moving on uh, from that to uh, uh, frustrating news from a different perspective. Uh, we got news at the end of June from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Uh, they issued a new policy statement recommending children be breastfed exclusively for the six months of their life, which is not a change, uh, and that uh, breastfeeding be supported for two years or more in their life. And that's that's kind of the new guidance there, I think, and the part of the statement that's gotten the most reaction. Uh, the AAP um, recommendation did come along with some policy recommendations to support this new guidance, which is things like, 
universal paid maternity leave. Yes. The right of a woman to breastfeed in public. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, insurance coverage for lactation support and breast pumps. Of course, on-site childcare, universal workplace, uh, break time with clean, uh, private location for, or for expressing milk. Um, Matt, this got a lot of buzz, I think, uh, and reaction on uh, the social medias uh, from already weary mothers who did not need another reason to feel burdened around decisions related to breastfeeding. Uh, you know, I think we both agree breastfeeding is an enormous responsibility we've seen our, our, our partners take on. Uh, so, um, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of the, you know, some of the recommendations that they came out with? Do you think we're going to get any uh, headway there? Do you think this gets support? What do you think? Yeah, Tim, you know, every decision in this case should be made around what, um, you know, giving, um, mo you know, new moms um, as much um, power and support yeah. as, as possible. You know, um, thinking back to that time for us, you know, you, you, you've just given birth, um, you being Elise, yeah. of course. Yeah, the, the, the royal <laughs> I'm, you. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm very, very much a side note in this, in this yeah, anecdote. Yeah. Quite literally, um, I was on the side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're recovering, you're yeah. exhausted, um, you're overcome with all sorts of emotions, and they hand you this young being, and they, they bring in some sort of um, lactation um, consultant expert, yes. I believe. Militant. Yeah. And sometimes. And then, boom, on the fly, you just have to try to figure this out. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we actually had a very different experiences for both kids. With, with Charlie, um, the, the person who was our lactation consultant um, wasn't particularly um, supportive. Um, was, and, um, you know, I, it may have been come, come this way any, regardless, but, um, Char, you know, Charlie was less um, receptive to breastfeeding. Um, you know, and, and was more formula fed. And then whereas uh, Lucy um, was a, a great breastfeeder and it went really well. So, so we, we've seen both ends of the spectrum, um, but, you know, and there's 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 all sorts of different ways it can go for, for moms. But at the end of the day, it really com it should come down to um, what can we do to, to support moms as best as possible um, with any sort of legislation or um, really just giving, giving moms as, as much uh, – uh, freedom and choice in the manner is possible. Yeah, I think uh, I agree 100% with what you said. I think, unfortunately, that is not, and we're going to talk about this on a little bit on one more headline, that has not been the uh, the current state of things, right, yeah. um, with, um, with the country and where we've been seeing things going. Um, but I agree, and I think, you know, everyone, no matter what you choose, you should be in, in these sorts of situations – you should be supported on, on what you want to do. Right. Um, you know, uh, I think, and, and that and that can be hard. I think that, you know, some people are, I'm going to do it as long as I feel comfortable, and then I'm going to switch to uh, formula, or I just want to do formula right off the bat, right. or you want to do it until they're like the, the Sky Prince or whatever in Game of Thrones, and they're like 15 years <laughs> we old. We were just or talking about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to do, the last one, the last example is creepy. Don't do that. But everything <laughs> up until that point, I think is fine. Um but this is one of those easy things that it's just like, let's just like, let us, let's culturally, we have to accept it. I think right. that's a big problem with it. Right. Right. And, um, and I, I think that's the kind of stuff that takes the longest. You can put policies in place. You can give women a clean room in their workplace. You can give them time off to do it. You can give them understanding that hasn't always happened yet, but you can do all those things, but it, it's harder culturally. So let's take, start taking those steps and, and getting that done. Um, 
you know, we'll have to see. Uh, my cat's putting his claws into your leg right now. He's yeah, it's <laughs> a very right. hungry cat. I apologize about that. I've got nothing for you, Theo. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I I agree with you. I think supporting women is is the is the approach that we need to take to this, and uh, you know, I'm all in to to do that, and and we'll continue to be you know vocal advocates for that on this podcast. Yeah, we honestly, you know, we ought to get uh, Elise and Jill back back up here for um <laughs> you can pitch him on that interview you guys want to come back <laughs> on and talk about breastfeeding <laughs> I, you know how much just, alcohol will it take him to get onto that, I just, <laughs> that. We're all, it's kind of like we're out of element here you know but, <laughs> that's um, true yeah <laughs> we were talking about breastfeeding on the show last night for about 15 minutes and we just thought that you could <laughs> yeah. maybe do that better that might be the best way to sell it <laughs> this <laughs> whole conversation too reminds me of uh meet the fockers like, yeah. i don't know fucker can you can you milk a cat can, yeah. you, can you milk me yeah, yeah. You milk anything with nipples yeah um, okay, and lastly, <laughs> movie guys. Yeah, and uh, we saved uh, we saved another great uh, banger for last year. The steady droll of stupidity related to reproductive rights here in the United States continues. Uh, this time, alerted from Morgan Trow, who's an awesome uh, state house reporter for News Channel Five here in Cleveland, reports on House Bill Seven O Four in Ohio. If that's new to you. Uh, it was introduced by Republican Representative Gary Click from Vickery, Ohio. Everyone's favorite. Never heard of it. Yeah, everyone's favorite agricultural spot somewhere outside of Sandusky. I, I looked up. Um, House Bill 704 that was just introduced by uh, Representative Click would seek to define personhood as existing from the moment of conception, because that's where we're going here, folks. Uh, this, along with another bill that's that's already been submitted um, in the Ohio House, which is uh, House Bill 598, um, both seek to move the definition of personhood up to the moment of conception. Um, y- you know, I think... The spoiler alert here and like a lot of the concern around all this, no matter your politics around um, abortion or what you think about things, the the issue with this, the target is IVF. Treatments like that um, where you are, from my understanding, fertilizing a lot of embryos, finding the most viable and discarding the rest of them. Would no? I think the concern is that these would those kinds of procedures would no longer be legal um, when you are defining personhood um, at the moment of conception. Um, so that's where we are headed here. We are taking away a tool for families to bring human life into this world in a beautiful and controlled and scientifically awesome way, um, because you know. Gary Click's got to get his rocks off in the Ohio House. I don't know what the hell this guy's doing, okay? <laughs> yeah, something needs to click with this guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, same. <laughs> there you brought the puns back. I like I, it. Honestly, I, I go right back to the breastfeeding conversation. Uh, it should all boil down to a woman's right to choose and setting up a societal structure that is as supportive as humanly possible to um, mothers and expectant mothers and people of childbearing age and. Um, Clearly, we're not going in that direction. Yeah. And gosh, I mean, we go down, we could go down a huge rabbit hole um, by revisiting Roe. I, I know we we only talked about it when it was leaked, and we haven't since. I haven't talked about official. the Dobbs decision, right? Um, yeah. But um, to be honest, Tim, it's it's. What it's, do you want to say to Sam Alito right now? <laughs> <laughs> have you prepared any, any anything? You know, He's listening. I have no prepared statements yeah. at this time. Tim. Big fan. He's um, a big fan. I will tell him I'm disappointed, which I'm sure resonates <laughs> yeah. with him quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's. It's incredibly frustrating, and yeah. you know, um, it kind of bleeds into our next conversation indirectly, which is, um, you know, going to be talking about how to uh, navigate, uh, um, 
maintaining your parenting cool in a dumpster fire world. Yeah, it's... Uh, Tim came up with that lovely heading. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems appropriate. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we don't really have any good answers for that. I think we've got <laughs> some... All. We can we can treat the disease, but we can't really cure it in any way. We can right. treat the symptoms. But, so, Tim, I'm going to pass it right back to you because I, I don't have... You know, I mean, I could um, ramble on about my, my personal feelings about um, pro-choice and where we're go- going, but... Um, I don't, I don't know if I need to do that right now. Um, I'm going to let you round up the headlines. I have, to get, I have to get the last word on this. You got uh, it, buddy. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think, look, w- women, we, we need to we need to give um, women trust. We need to give women um, the rights and control over their bodies that they deserve. And the idea that we're going to you know, enact legislation that removes the ability for a woman to make a uh, consultation with her doctor and a medical decision about how she wants to go forward, let alone the idea that she wants to choose the timing and terms of when she carries a child. The fact that we would just take that away from them, um, it's just mind-boggling. crazy. It's yeah. mind-boggling to me. I, and for the people on the other side of the aisle, I understand people that want to preserve human life and all this kind of stuff. I understand where you're coming. I, I yeah. understand the perspective of those people. And to be clear, I don't like the concept of abortion. But nobody loves the concept of right, right to choice. And, and to me, in the end, uh, and maybe this is a stupid way to looking at, looking at it, but if you bifurcate the whole thing and you just look at the extremes on one end, at one point, there is a belief that everybody's just running out and getting, like, 39th week abortions and that's not real that's not happening that's not what this that's not what this is and on the other end of the equation there are religious zealots out there who want to enact some sort of like biblical belief on what they believe is this like magical fairy tale like thing of what happens with life and that is very much happening and it is reflected in this legislation that we're getting from you know what's his name click dick whatever the guy's <laughs> name is out in in vickery ohio that wants to um just totally restrict and the six week thing in ohio now we're really going to go into it the six week <laughs> in ohio is just bullshit enough i would wager belief that most people do not understand even when you're uh when abortion when a pregnancy is considered beginning like when they always date it from the last your last cycle Right? right? So really you have what? If you're if a six-week ban, you have a four-week cycle. If everything is normal for a woman, you're talking about a two-week window where they have to decide and arrange care for an abortion. That, that's crazy. Why are we doing this? Yeah. And now we're moving it back even further. So, I, you know, we could talk about this for a long time. It's all horseshit. Uh, but uh, that's where we are. And now we're going to talk about a segment about how to deal with all of it. And clearly, clearly I'm dealing with it very well right now. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the Towpath Trail near Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona, Felt, and Bianchi, as well as specialty bikes like the Elliptico stand-up bike, electric bikes and scooters, folding bikes, and recumbent bikes. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com to learn more 
and mention this ad in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. All right, so we are back for our main topic this evening, and um, we're just back, just a short yeah. break, just a short break. Was it a, was it a ten minute break or was it a two week break? Um, it was actually the latter. Yeah, did I accidentally delete part of the episode? Did we? It was we, an audio faux pas. I did guess. Did we normally have two beers while we're producing the show, and maybe <laughs> that had something to do with it? I don't know. Who, who's to say? Yeah, and as the person who does jack shit um, from the <laughs> production standpoint, who am I to complain? When we finally have an, an audio mishap. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you said that you do jack shit, and I didn't want to say <laughs> it. That makes me feel better about yeah. it. Yeah. So we are back two weeks later. We apologize for our absence. But um, we are drinking more beer. We haven't yeah. learned our lesson. <laughs> Fresh beer. I've yeah. got the, um, oh, what do we got here? The uh, Tin Barn Brewing. Yeah. Um, it's the uh, Road to Nowhere New England uh Triple IPA. Yes. Sorry wow. about that. Yeah. Road to Nowhere, that sounds, it's kind of Sarah Palin-esque. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it kind of, it also symbolizes our, our podcast. Symbolizes um, the podcast as well. Aspirations, in a sense. Uh, what do you got over there? I have a single cut IPA that's called uh, The Bright and Hollow Sky. Uh, so both of these are from, we probably won't talk about it on this podcast, but uh, maybe the next one. Both of them are from a recent trip that we took. You took a trip as well. We have trips galore to talk yeah, yeah. about on the podcast. We'll have to stockpile those and get the next episode yeah. lined up here. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Uh, but they came from uh, the Finger Lakes. So we were up in uh, near Watkins Glen uh, in the Finger Lakes up there, four-hour drive from lovely Lakewood, Ohio, and it was a beautiful time. Beautiful area right there. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. So let's uh, let's do it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I guess we should hop right back in. One other thing I was going to bring up before oh, yeah. we, we do so, um, I, I pulled up today um, on my bike for once. Um, Congratulations on the yeah, ride, too. Yeah, you, beautiful you day. It really is. 75 um, Tim is much better about biking when he's around town, but uh, he had what I thought was a for sale sign in his yard. I was about to say, "You bastard, you're moving." Yeah. It was a um, renovation sign. They're getting their their bathroom remodeled. If you don't yeah. mind me saying that. Yeah, no, 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 I don't. What uh, the, the reason I bring this up is because um, Tim is going to be showerless for the next six weeks. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out how he's going to cope with that, how I'm going to cope with that. Yeah, we're going to do a scratch and sniff version <laughs> of the podcast. And then we just got to talking about how, you know, we can, we can, he's welcome to use my shower, use yeah. a different shower, he can, yeah. you know, can improvise here. But just borrowing someone's shower is, you know, sometimes strange and. It feels like a line that you're crossing. Yeah. There, right? When you're, when you're awkwardly intimate. Your shower. Yeah. Who yeah. knows what you're doing in the shower? I don't want to ask questions about <laughs> it, but I don't want to be standing in it either. You True. Know? Right. Well, I told Tim if he's welcome to come my, use mine, but if, if he does, there'll uh, there's guaranteed to be kid toys in the tub because that's how my shower <laughs> yeah. it sits when, in between adult uses. Uh, we did say that you can tell, like, yeah, maybe sometimes you're a parent. Sometimes, yeah, you didn't get to shower that day. You had to skip a day. The t- day got away from you, and it's always good to be like to go into your bathroom and look down and see the kids' toys in the bathtub. And you're like. When's the last time I took a shower? Because I didn't give the baby a shower for yeah. two days, you know? Like, Or did you just shower amongst their toys? I yeah, have done that yeah, before. I have definitely done that. <laughs> Especially if it's late at night and I don't want to, like, wake her up or something. And right, it's like, right. I'm just going to, like, weave in and out of the cat that squirts more water out of her. Yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Um, well, yeah, if, if we go back to virtual episodes um, for the time being, it's, be, it's because... Uh, Tim's bathroom model dragged on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the COVID. It's not the COVID. It's the stink this time. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. I'm no. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Thank and you. Kudos to you guys for yeah. a, a cool project. Well, I I think we'll we'll put some before and after uh, photos of the bathroom on there. What was the before and after photo? Or I was going to show the hydrangeas. Oh too, yeah, yeah. What I was going to do. Yeah, I'll yeah. have to do that yeah, as well. And that probably got cut from uh, at some point last episode. I complimented your hydrangeas. Yeah. And it probably know, got cut. I don't so. know if that was in the um, in the part that made it out of the alcohol. Who? 
who knows? Soaked episode or yeah. we didn't. Tim yeah. and I, we, we both literally forget anything we talked about two weeks ago. <laughs> so if we repeat ourselves, um, apologies in advance. It's a wonder that the, all of the Bod Pod isn't just the same episode over and over <laughs> and over again. Or, yeah. may, or maybe it, might, it is. Fact it, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, sorry. Maybe, maybe one of our handfuls of listeners will tell us. <laughs> yeah. Email us. Um, anyways, uh, enough with the um, random impromptu welcome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, main topic. Uh, maintaining your parenting cool in a dumpster fire world. Yeah, we're still in that two weeks later. Sure are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah hasn't yeah. changed. Uh, the world is a hot mess right now, and yet the fate of the future depends in large part on our ability as dads to somehow not screw up our kids too much. Um, well, admits this backdrop. Uh, it's a phrase that Tim likes to say mm-hmm. quite often. Yeah. Um, so here's what we recommend. Uh, number one, lean heavily on your kids. As they say, what you don't know can't hurt you. If you have young kids, chances are they're hopefully fairly green when it comes to the massive problems of this world, yep. warfare, COVID, political discord, climate change, etc. Keep it this way. Leverage your young kids' silliness, imagination, and youthful brain power to escape these modern-day problems whenever they seem too daunting. Your little kids, after all, are still in that magical place where their biggest problem is trying to keep their little sister from playing with their favorite dinosaur figures. Yeah. I mean, I, I so when you were saying this just now, uh, one of our, a couple of recent uh, hangout sessions we've had with your family have come to mind, and I always get such a kick out of your son, uh, Charlie, um, whether it's when we're at the zoo and we're playing the game where we're talking about dropping, you know, tons of items on each, on each other's heads and we're yeah, picking yeah. those out. Or when we went to the, we went recently to the uh, public square. Oh, and you're going to uh, Kambi Matumbo on his ass. Yes, yeah, in Cleveland. Yeah. And the kid's trying to dunk a basketball, <laughs> and that's my house, baby. Yeah. And he kept saying, like, play harder, play harder. Right. And so I was just knocking his stuff into, like, the fourth floor window he of asked the Higby it. building, you know? <laughs> just knocking his stuff out of here. But those kinds of things, it is so refreshing to to be with a child like that and see them just enjoying oh, running yeah. around. And Not running. a care in the world. Yeah, they they don't care and they just want to have fun and i do like those moments for me uh, especially because mara's not quite at the age i can't jack mara shot into the third row of the stands yet <laughs> not uh, yet it's such a, it's such a nice release for me because you get to play with them you get to see that interaction you get to see their reactions and they're having such a good time uh and it's it's so much fun so it's a great it's great advice just just to kind of like you know live in your children's kind of brains and, and what they're doing. Yeah, whereas Mara or Lucy would, would probably cry if you blocked her shot <laughs> yeah. like that. Charlie just laughs hysterically. <laughs> if I just took the ball from their hands. That's true. Like, what yeah, are yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, tip number two, uh, only control what you can control. So many modern-day problems are beyond our scope and our pay grade, which is sizable for Tim and I. Yes, huge. Um, by raising good little humans who are inquisitive and kind and respectful, we are doing our part to make the earth a better place. Focus what on you, on what you can control, setting a good example, and being present for your kids. The rest should hopefully fall into place. Right, Tim? Yeah, I mean, if any evidence uh, that we're looking at right now, <laughs> definitely not. But, uh, yeah, you know, that same trip down to Public Square, Mara and I took the bus down to yeah. go there. And, and she loves pointing at buses and looking at them. And I feel like that's one thing that I can point to that I've had some kind of positive impact on her is when I was a kid, either I didn't know what public transportation was or I thought... Well, that's what poor people ride on. Right. And I've been able to kind of flip that for her and, and give her an appreciation for it and show value of it already in, in some way, shape, or form. We'll see if that sticks. But yeah. it does feel like a positive impact that you're you're giving your child now to, you know, have a, a whole more holistic perhaps view of the world. For sure. You know, and, and hopefully we can keep that going as our kids get a little older and start to understand the world better. Yeah. And not 
to start teaching them all the bad things, too, which I'm <laughs> yeah, sure that's a fine line to well. tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tip three for parenting cool in a dumpster fire world. Um, get more sleep seems obvious, right? And yet the <laughs> average new parent loses more than 100 hours of sleep during their child's first year. And research shows that sleep deprivation can linger for six years before, before a parent has fully recovered. This is like your goldfish stat. I mean, yeah. where do you get this stuff? You know? <laughs> I made it up. Just, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> um, I think it was New York Times. Did but... you know the average parent loses 10,000 hours of sleep in the first week of their... <laughs> or they just don't sleep at all. <laughs> uh, when we sleep a sufficient amount, our mental health is better and we consume less caffeine, um, which is a problem for me, yeah. uh, which can lead to get to get you wired and lead to temperamental outbursts directed at your kids. I haven't discussed this yet on the pod, Tim, but I was a longtime snorer who rarely awoke from, fleeing, from sleep feeling refreshed. Uh, last year, I finally participated in a sleep study, which was really weird, an overnight sleep study <laughs> at the Cleveland Clinic, and I was diagnosed with sleep apnea. I now use a CPAP nightly, and while it's kind of annoying to wear and is definitely not the sexiest bedtime accessory, it has led to me sleeping better, for which I am grateful. Well, at least you don't have to worry about having a third kid then. Uh, <laughs> this is was, true. That was, that was the second joke I thought of. The first joke I thought of. That was a different Cleveland Clinic <laughs> procedure, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, a, that's building X over there. Yeah. Uh, now, the other joke that I thought of was... Uh, uh, participate in a sleep study i mean i don't think i snore that bad but can i participate in a sleep study like going to bed by yourself was it in a hospital did you go to a hotel room or a hotel room that's the strangest part oh my god the hospital takes over a wing of a hotel um so you open a room deshaun watson um, kind of stuff yeah this is yeah it's a hotel room except there's a giant camera monitoring your actions in a and a um speaker that can talk, talk to you do they tell you when that camera turns on i just assumed it was always on yeah um, but while you're undressing and everything, are you? Well, like, I, I went in the bathroom oh, right. for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, just yeah. out of how do you know there's not cameras in there? Who knows? There probably were. What kind I'm, of study is this? I'm not very bashful, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah. So then you, you get into bed, and I mean, I, I asked, should I watch TV or something? They said, no, you should try to sleep now and <laughs> turn off the lights. And I felt you're like just it, in there playing Wordle on your phone for 45 minutes or something. Yeah, or, I, well, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, they you know trying to sleep when you know someone is watching you and that you need to sleep yeah. in order for study to work yeah. it's it's really stressful yeah. and it felt like You're one of the just worst out loud saying like i'm going to sleep now yeah I'm, now i'm sleeping yeah and it felt like one of the worst sleeps of my, of my life but i guess that means i passed right because yeah, okay. that was kind of the goal i guess yeah and yeah so um yeah we'll we'll get this set up for you tim that'd be a, be a fun uh, adventure it sounds like a nice little vacation for dad <laughs> you know you can call i guess you'd call it that yeah um, tip four, become an optimist. It's never too late to start seeing that beer glass as half full instead of considerably drinking. <laughs> uh, your kids are probably watching everything you do, and excessive pessimism is rarely an attractive quality, unless you're um, grumpy cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, focus on noticing... R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. It's no longer with us. Uh, focus on noticing good things as they happen in your life, even if they are small. Don't blame yourself when things go wrong, and keep in mind that most setbacks are temporary. When you, when you express optimism, your kids will take notice and follow suit. But remember, this optimism can in no way extend to Cleveland sports, which will always be a three-team disaster. You know, it's always tough to know whether scripts that we write two weeks after I delete the episode that we record will be correct. But, man, that Cleveland sports uh, line, that's going to hang in strong for a long time. I, I think. think so. Yeah. The, the only thing that could happen to him is it could become a two-team disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they lose good. one of our franchises. Yeah, that's the that's, that's more accurate. <laughs> yeah. We can re-record that. That's fine. That's true. Uh, no, I think this is great. I, I'm, I, I think we both said this when you came in the door today. We've both had maybe one of those days where you feel like 
pessimism is warranted. Oh, yeah. And your kid or is resetting your down. kid from the weekend, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Just doing that is tough. It's a challenge, but um, but yeah, maintaining, you know, keeping patient, uh, maintaining optimism, just relaxing, letting some of that stress just kind of roll off you when you can, taking deep breaths. Like it's it's critical to do that, right? For sure. And that's a good segue, Tim, because oh, yeah. my, my next tip is practice your dad's zen. Mm. Yelling, even when you're frustrated with both your kids and the world, tends to produce bad parenting outcomes. Yep. Uh, we've joked about Homer Simpson on this pod before, and while I admire his beer drinking and life of leisure tendencies. And the donuts. That's true. Mm-hmm. I cannot subscribe to his parenting techniques. You know, we tend to take our kids' bad behavior personally when it, it in actuality has little or nothing to do with us. Yep. So practice showing empathy and compassion in place of anger. And give yourself a time out of sorts if you need a cool down period. It never hurts to take deep breaths and collect your thoughts. Um, step out of the room before addressing a ch- challenging parenting situation. I'm often guilty of, of speed cutting or of, of excuse me of speed cutting food because one or both of my kids is acting like they're on the verge of starvation. <laughs> but I've learned that the risk of slicing a finger is simply not worth it. So now I'm way better at cutting food slowly and deliberately, even if I'm being yelled at to hurry the hell up. Yeah. Uh, where is your where are your kids learning this language? I mean, <laughs> he double hockey sticks. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you, one would have to wonder. <laughs> yeah. um, Hope it's not for me. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's probably Elise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, we were just talking about this. I think it's critical. I was just talking to one of my friends uh, and saying that um, that one big thing that I feel like I'm finally starting to learn is that my cat's crawling up the wall right now. Uh, (laughs) One thing that I'm finally starting to learn is that for a long time, whenever Mara would act up or she'd get to a point where you're feeling embarrassed in public or all those kinds of things, like when she was lying in the middle of the pathway at the Cleveland Zoo, like screaming her face off, um, that you tend to take those things very personally or it's like something that you're doing or why aren't you a better parent? And just like removing yourself from the situation and be like, wait a second her brain's not all the way developed. This is not on me. And you can only do so much to kind of manage the situation and manage how they're feeling and make it a teachable moment. If you can even do that, really. Um, those are kind of the critical things. And just like, you know, just giving yourself a little bit of a break there has been super important for me personally. You know? Totally. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's, it's okay to step out of the room. You know, you're, if you need to, to leave the room and, and uh, collect yourself before continuing on with your kid they'll be okay for a few minutes um in the other room and yeah. it's okay to do that are they safe or are they going to kill themselves on something no then give yourself a little bit of break yeah. for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. all right last tip for me before um i shut up for a little while uh, make a <laughs> <Thank> difference <God. laughs> there's no shortage of volunteer opportunities out there and while the progress uh, you make against the world's myriad problems might seem minute uh, the example you're setting for your kids the future leaders of their generation is much bigger so include your kids in whatever volunteer pursuits you seek, even if it means hiding the fact that your son's trash bag spilling shenanigans are counterproductive to actual litter cleanup. Uh, I've talked before about how my family runs a volunteer park group, and we recently took on leading a community garden within our park. Uh, the experience has been a bit of a roller coaster, and yet there's nothing more rewarding than seeing my kids take to embracing the situation uh, with Lucy watering random uh, garden plots and Charlie tending to a blueberry bush as if it's his own firstborn child. Oh, we're all so impressed with your <laughs> volunteerism. You know, while Matt was curing cancer last week <laughs> and I was in the Finger Lakes drinking wine and beer, uh, I would like to say I had a great time. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I do feel like I need to introduce a segment called Matt's Vices, just so this podcast doesn't paint too much of an idyllic picture of you and your family <laughs> tending community gardens and picking up trash. Although maybe I should just 
play the tape of whatever you were doing when you were sleeping during your uh, <laughs> yeah, sleep, sleep study. <laughs> yeah. or, or just secretly record us at the community garden when I'm, yeah, yeah. When I'm yelling at a kid for, at your children. for pulling yeah, out yeah. somebody else's you yeah. know, prized zucchini. <laughs> just bleep the whole thing for yeah. four hours. Uh, but in all seriousness, no, this is great, and I agree. Uh, grounding your kids in some kind of service um, early on uh, is, is, is really key. Uh, some of my tips, so number seven, create space for healthy activities. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier in the podcast several weeks ago now when we were <laughs> recording it uh, that Jill was in New York for a week earlier this month. But instead of bailing on some normal morning runs that I would do, I shifted it and turned Mara and I's afternoon trips to the park into a quick workout for dad in, in the jogging stroller. It's easy to get really overwhelmed as a parent by the multitude of tasks that you face each day and kind of the baseline responsibilities that you need to adhere to. So for me, I think it's really important to make time for yourself and prioritize things that make you happy. And if you can kind of incorporate your children into that, just like with volunteerism and stuff, I think you're also then teaching them some of those good habits, too. Yeah, God forbid Tim misses one of his 10-miler early morning <laughs> yeah. runs. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing the Towpath Marathon. Oh, yeah? Uh, Elise did that. Didn't she, did she do the Towpath Marathon on the half? Um, She did the half. I think she's doing a full. Well, I shouldn't I should have on the spot. She's considering the full. Oh, well, tell her to get there. We yeah. Can... Is, are, are you, you're doing it? I'm doing it. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 guys, yeah. She might even need a training buddy let's, at some point. Let's do a 20-miler together. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I think I actually have to get home from this at some point so she can do a run tonight. Oh God, that sounds terrible. I I don't know. You don't. You're not. You're I'm not, not a night runner. Run. For That's me, it's morning. morning guy. Well, yeah. uh, okay. I just said I ran in the afternoon with Mara, and now I'm going to say it's morning or nothing. <laughs> but it's it's tough for me to do it at night. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Well, the, I, the sacrifices you make for your kids, huh? Yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah. I'm just exhausted by the end of the day. Yeah, but in all seriousness, Tim. Yeah, I mean, you know, getting exercise is. Is so crucial to maintain sanity. So yeah. kudos to you for making it happen. Well, it's just like your your sleep advice, I think, too, right? Like yeah. you need to like get to the core things you yes you need. Put put on your own uh, mask when the airplane is using pressure, losing <laughs> pressure before help assisting other passengers. That's it's right. the same thing here. Uh, uh, number eight, turn to your support network. So this can be a lot of things for a lot of different people. Maybe it's your partner. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's extended family. Or maybe it's a random parent at the park that you can commiserate with. I had one of those today. Uh, and maybe you're going to open up to a stranger about your concerns that climate. Maybe you're not going to open up your uh, to a stranger about your concerns that climate change could render the Great Lakes a big cytobacteria swimming pool. But maybe you can burn off steam caused by your kid's eruption this morning that you didn't let them take 20 minutes to put on their own shoes. <laughs> and I, I, I was just saying this this morning. It's like it's incredible what parents what you can find out about a random parent in the park just because of what you're willing to share about your kids and your yeah. families and all that kind of stuff and whatever blow up. And it's just it is a nice resource, I think, to have to just like, you know, if you're having a tough day with your kid. You know, talk to a parent about it at the park. They're probably going to have another story that will make you feel a lot better about yourself. I have noticed that you're really good at talking to strangers at playgrounds. (laughs) My parents never had that conversation with me, I think, (laughs) is the problem is what's going on. That's a good good quality to have, you know, uh, solidarity. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Number nine, do things you enjoy together. You know, we've talked about this a lot with with exercise and with volunteerism, but the the more things – 
that you can do with your kids when you're leaning with on your children to kind of get into their world and the more kind of fun stuff that you can have and bring it into their life and uh, i did take mara to speaking of running the uh shoe store second soul today in lakewood nice. she hated it she was screaming at my face the entire time when we were in the <laughs> store <laughs> it's very embarrassing but normally <laughs> that's one of the things you can share with your kids walking around wear that store. like a badge of honor <laughs> yeah, it was a great time but i think finding those situations where you can um Take your kids to something. We, you know, we were just on that vacation I mentioned briefly to the Finger Lakes. Um, going to wineries, going to breweries, being outside, going to national parks, whatever it yeah. is that you want to do. Like, it, it just incorporate them into things that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be everything in your life. You can still have things that you reserve to yourself that are moments where you reload. But, you know, your kids are you know a product of you anyway so the more you can kind of bring them into stuff that you enjoy and and have those moments of kind of catharsis with your kids too i think that's much better than you know kind of walling off your parenting life for sure and what i find tim is when i do plan activities that don't include my kids and in advance i look forward to those activities a lot of times then when that activity happens i regret that my kids weren't there to experience it yeah 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 yeah. um yeah it's great and and finally number 10 remember again to cut yourself some slack. Uh, you are a parent. It's the hardest job any of us will ever do. I think Matt and I definitely both feel like that today. For sure. Uh, you're going to fall <laughs> short sometimes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose your temper. You're going to rely too heavily on goldfish crackers at some point or another. <laughs> uh, I forgot my facts from last time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had some stairs. There's a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> um, the weight of all the external factors in our lives are going to break into our relationships with our children. At some point, we're going to be doom scrolling some article about Steve Bannon instead of taking care of our kids. And it's okay. Uh, understanding that we're all imperfect humans, trying our best to be the perfect parents our kids deserve. And always coming up short, that's part of being a parent, right? So speaking of coming up short, it's like our good friend Joe Biden says, don't compare <laughs> me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. You're doing just fine. Also, he got COVID <laughs> in the time between we we right. did some of this episode and then we actually ended up recording it. I hope he's doing much better. Yeah. Smoking Joe. Speedy recovery. Smoking Joe, coughing Joe. Yeah, speedy recovery Joe. All right, we're back with What's New Kiddo? And today I want to talk about stepping outside your comfort zone. It's something I struggle with personally, but both of my kids did so recently like champs. Uh, Charlie recently partook in a video shoot orchestrated by Tim and our pal Jackie to promote a local community event, Lakewood Alive's Lakewood Summer Meltdown, which was awesome, by the way. Yeah, I didn't get to go. Um, There's always next year. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, they needed a little kid to serve as a grand grandchild in the video, and after some initial hesitation, Charlie handed, handled the part masterfully. Um, since getting to uh, view the video, uh, the final cut, last week, he's yeah, now... He, he had full editorial control over it, too, <laughs> by the way. Uh, he's now asking when he can make another appearance in a video, and the kid just might have an IMDb page in his future. <laughs> As for Lucy, we recently participated in um, Lakewood's 4th of July parade um, on behalf of Friends of Madison Park, and for this particular parade... I convinced Elise to dress in a full-bodied tree costume that I borrowed. Uh, never mind that it was 90 degrees out, and I would have ended up in the hospital wearing the same uh, costume myself. Um, God bless you, Elise. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Lucy You, you could have fit a saline drop into the tree <laughs> thing, you know, like in one of the tall branches. You know, yeah. have an IV drip going all the way I would have needed that. Yeah, yeah, Elise used ice packs, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's true love right there. Yeah. Agreeing to, to wear that. But. Is that what that is? <laughs> 
Yeah, something like that. We're going to have Elise on the podcast. I'm going to ask her <laughs> Get about her that. interpretation. Yeah. yeah. Was that true love? I believe she said it was fun, but never again. Yeah. We'll have to okay. ask her. Well, that's that's a wife for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Lucy was reluctant to participate in the parade um, and iffy about Elise being dressed as a tree. Uh, go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came around to both notions, had a blast, and now regularly asks when Elise um, is going to, or Mama, for in her case, is going to don <laughs> the attire again. Tim, it's such a fine line between encouraging your kids to try new things and pressuring them to step outside their comfort zone. I think we all as parents are constantly trying to strike this balance. But in the case of Charlie's emerging acting career and Lucy's newfound appreciation for tree hugging in parades, I think I found a sweet spot. Is Elise wearing that tree costume around the house now? or You know, probably come winter. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty warm. It's drafty, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and these old liquid houses. Uh, it's interesting to me to, that you say that you're, you struggle with pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. It's true. But everyone around you, your son on camera, your <laughs> wife in a death match with sweat, including in, inducing a tree suit, your daughter absolutely terrified of it. Everybody always ends up outside of their comfort zones around you, so I think there's something going on there. Well, I'm, I'm uncomfortable watching them, but you know, I'm vicariously, I, I go outside my comfort zone <laughs> I'm living all the through, time. Yeah. Living through everyone else being uncomfortable as I'm exactly. watching them. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. Yeah, I think we, we struggle with that a lot right now because Mara's finally getting to the point where uh, she's starting to enjoy a little bit of screen time in, in ways. You know, we used to just use that as, you know, distractions at a restaurant or something. We'd play um, Songs for Littles, um, which is a big uh, Miss Rachel in our house. You saw a little bit oh, of that on yeah, the train yeah. ride home. I think I told... We, we, we have to have a whole episode. I'm going to try to interview... I want to try to interview Miss Rachel from oh, that'd Songs be awesome. for Littles. Yeah. She's worth like $15 million now. That's the crazy thing. Maybe we could ask her to sponsor the podcast. Um, Tell her we're only worth half that. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't need to know the truth. Um, But she she likes the same – point is Mara likes the same video on YouTube kind of over and over and over again from one of these really good uh, creators on there. She'll watch Moana but only the You're Welcome song for like two and a half minutes. And – I feel like she keeps pushing a little. First, it was like 15 seconds afterwards. She'd be like, more song, more song. And now she'll get like two or three minutes past that moment before she's like, where's the song? <laughs> uh, but she gets in these kind of ruts. So we're, we're, I think, kind of experiencing the same things right now of like where like your kid wants the same kind of like familiar things over and over again. And how do you push them? And where do you look for chances to do that? And it's, it's really hard to, right. to find the balance. Um, I want to talk about the terrible twos, uh, which we're definitely in at this uh, household right now. I might add like a scary echo to that. You should. You know, hold on. If I do that, I gotta sell it a little bit better. I want to talk about the terrible twos. Dun dun dun. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, now that's <laughs> gonna be good. We we should use that for the next year when Mara is actually two, <laughs> and just anytime we intro a segment. Um. So Mara has become really great at understanding uh, anything we ask her to do and can do a ton of things on command. Uh, It's getting to the point where I feel embarrassed, honestly, talking about her when she's in the room because I know she can understand the stories that I'm relaying that that happened to that day with uh, to my wife. Right. Uh, That said, she still really struggles to express uh, her ever increasing number of opinions and preferences on things. Uh, not great with the words yet, and this can lead to some frustrating interactions with mom and dad alike. The typical death spiral we get into involves uh, her playlist on Spotify, uh, <laughs> where we have a couple of dozen songs we've collected that either Mara likes or we like, and we'll throw that on in the morning while we're eating breakfast or playing, but often it will devolve into Mara making the more sign. 
uh, sign language at us repeatedly and just blowing through every song on that playlist as she grunts and points at us. And uh, I'm definitely reminding myself to put herself, uh, myself in her shoes and understand her frustration. But that can be difficult when you yourself are at the end of your rope. For sure. And Tim, I, I regret to tell you this, but I don't know if that trait ever, well, at least not for quite a while, goes away. Yeah. Um, Charlie recently... Why would you tell me that? Why wouldn't you just <laughs> let me find that out on myself? Why, why, why are you doing I, this to I me? I like to bring it out if you know yeah. it sometimes. Yeah, it's appreciated, but, yeah. Um, Charlie recently discovered the, um, what's it, Can't Stop by the Red Hot Sleep Peppers. Oh, yeah, okay. And he's really into it, and he gets pissed off when you don't play it again. You know, I uh, I DJ'd a Red Hot Chili Peppers marathon in college, and I wait, wait, talking about a Red Hot Chili Peppers mar- as in like a house party event. Eighty-eight point three, The Sting, Cleveland's Modern Rock. Oh, I rock forgot you were on and college radio. We had marathon season in the summer, and we my uh, my old roommate and I and Ron, Ron and I did a Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, broadcast. Twenty-four hours of Red Hot Chili Peppers. And at one point, I called John Frusciante, John Fruschiante, who's the lead guitarist of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and we got slayed on oh, the Red no. Hot Chili Peppers forum where they were listening to the listening to our marathon. They were That's like, cool. You got them to listen in. What the fuck does this kid know about anything? And it's like, listen, nothing, okay? I'm a college kid. I don't know anything about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I like some of the, you know, Under the Bridge or whatever. Like, they're good. I didn't know what I was doing, but a little bit of an aside there. I apologize. Were you guys wearing only socks for the uh, marathon? Yes, but not where you think. <laughs> Even if you know where Flea wore it, not where you think. Um, time for a book review? Let's do it. So we just got uh, an oldie but a goodie, a classic, um, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, for some folks on our street that uh, just told us that they were uh, that they were pregnant. They were going to have a kid just, uh, just not too long from now. Um, so... Uh, it's a great book. Mara still goes back to that one. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't read it recently or if you don't have it in your collection of kids' books recently, it's actually – it's really fun. The The version we have is the, is the you know, kind of the fat uh, oh, yeah, book yeah. that you're turning and it has – Super colorful. Super colorful holes throughout the pages, you know, kind of builds along with it as you're turning over the different things that the caterpillar eats. It's very – it's almost – it's got that um, – tactile nature too for the books that some of the younger kids like because they get to feel the holes in the different things of the book that the caterpillars eating and everything and it's just it's a it's a great book helps with counting helps with identification of a lot of the foods that they're eating uh and fruit and whatnot that the caterpillars eating and uh, it's just a lot of fun so um i would say that one of course any sandra boyton book is always <laughs> one i'm getting for for friends as well and some of the jimmy fallon books uh do you have mama and dada at home no you know we read it from the library once but i, I want oh, yeah. I, I want to get it permanently it's it's a good one they're fun i think yeah. it's just it's so simple for the kids they kind of grasp the concept i think uh quickly even if they're not you know really speaking or anything yet so um yeah uh, very hungry caterpillar make sure that's in your collection and uh, in heavy rotation yeah, and we, and we can all relate to you know that type of eating binge. Um, what's what's less relatable is waking up from it feeling beautiful. Yes, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Or know. eating a nice green leaf the next day and feeling much better. Yeah, yeah. Like I've <laughs> I've tried that. It doesn't work. No, um, but great, great classic book as you yes. say. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's it. I think both of us now should take that advice maybe and and crawl into some cocoons and and become beautiful butterflies this week. What do let's, you think? Let's do it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, any other final words as we wrap up here? 
it's been fun. Let's try to do it in in one uh, one fell swoop next time. Yeah, that's true. Episode twenty one. We're gonna be a drinking age. Next oh week. shit! Should we do a little shotgun of a beer on the in the mic or something? I think we probably should. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> we'll definitely be seven weeks before you hear that play that uh, podcast <laughs> because I've deleted that audio file many times over. Uh, well, that's uh, very good. Well, before uh, if we don't see anybody, you uh, I'm screwing up this. I'm screwing up the the outro. What am I You're doing? A little rusty. That's yeah, all right. I'm a little rusty. Try not to screw your kids up too bad. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe and please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter, and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much. <laughs>